Hello, friend, and welcome to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, higher realms, the mysteries of the universe, and source consciousness. I use hypnosis to get into a deep theta state where I am able to connect to and embody my higher self. What unfolds is a monologue that is dictated by the state of the divine flow as well as any questions I might receive from the human collective consciousness. Enjoy! Hello, hello, my dear ones, and welcome back to another episode of Conversations with My Higher Self. It is wonderful to see so many of you here today. We're growing. That is nice to know. Um, I'm assuming you're sharing with your friends, so thank you so much. All right, a couple of housekeeping items before we dive into our topic today. Um, first things first, I started a new podcast. Um, it is called Our Sacred Universe, and it is available through Spotify, Apple Podcast, and a bunch of other podcast platforms. And that one is dedicated specifically to meditations and guided journeys. I wanted to do that one separately from this one because on conversations, we are engaging all of your senses, but it is a very mental space. It is a very intellectual space. So we discuss topics, you know, we do Q&As. I wanted us to have a heart space as well. And so I created a meditation space for us. Again, it's called our sacred universe. Please follow, um, you know, click on the bell sign so you can get notifications and not miss an episode. Um, so what I am going to be able to do via our guided journeys and meditations on that new podcast is share some of the light codes, some of the frequencies with you that are going to help your healing, your ascension, your awakening, um, the coming back of certain memories, um, you know, all, all of the good stuff. And um, on that podcast, mostly we're going to be engaging your heart space as well as your energy body. Um, so again, a very different space, a very different intention. Obviously, we have meditations here as well. There are semi-guided over there. It's like a full guided journey type of podcast. Yeah, and I plan to post there regularly. So go check it out. Right now, we posted some... Um, some or quite a few actually meditations that are based around the heart and the heart space if that resonates um they're the ones that i recorded a while back and just never really got a chance to share with the world so you know go ahead and you know right now it doesn't feel like it's a, a, like different topics right now if you go on it's mostly heart healing um however going forward it's going to be all kinds of content um based on a variety and a range of topics. So that's that. I am super excited to be able to bring, you know, more of my work to you guys. And yeah, it is a very special milestone. Um, that's one. Two, um, thank you for everybody who has gone on and followed my YouTube channel. It is This is Maria. That is the name of it. Maria with a weird spelling. It has a Y in it. M-A-R-I-Y-A. -A. So if you haven't gone on and followed me, you should because there is some pretty awesome content that I shared 
recently um, over there. I spoke about, um, you know, some of the like interesting um, higher level insights around the assemblage point. Um, we did an episode about the assemblage point here as well. What you have on YouTube is assemblage point 2.0 information that is a lot more, shall we say, advanced. Um, I did. Th there's a lot of content. You should, you guys should just go and check it out. Um, last but not least, if you haven't checked out my book, 72 Keys to Manifestation or an Ancient Path of a Modern Day Alchemist, you should. It is available on Amazon and that book has major activation codes, you guys, um, for abundance, you know, for wealth, uh, for awakening as well. And it is like spirituality uh, 101 in a box. Um, that book is extremely multi-layered. Um, it's one of those books that if you go back to reread 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, every time it's going to present itself with new facets. So it's it's going to be a really, really good investment for you guys. Go and check it out. And really, that's it. These are all of the housekeeping items for today. And now we're going to dive into a topic. Um, okay. This one, I actually did a poll on my Instagram account to try to figure out which topic you guys want to discuss. And I gave you some options. And this was the one that ended up winning. And so we're doing it. Um, today we're going to be talking about your higher self versus your middle self versus your lower self. Now, I've gotten a few requests to do a separate episode about a higher self. You know, what a higher self is, how to connect with your higher self. Um, given that this is a very central topic for this podcast, I definitely intend to do an episode. We did one actually a while back. It was one of the first episodes, I think, ever on this podcast. So um, if you need some background info, you should go and listen to this one. And at some point, I intend to do a refresher on that episode with, again, some deeper code, some deeper learnings. Um, but this is not what this is about. Um, today, we're going to be talking about what the difference is between higher, middle, and lower self. It is some new information, you guys. Um, I am using some of my personal terminology in order to explain some fairly complicated concepts. So this is going to be interesting. This is going to be a wild ride, you guys. Um, this is um, a little bit of a roller coaster ride. Very often prior to doing this, I look at the state of the human collective and the understanding of a particular topic. The good and the bad news is nobody on this planet really knows what a middle self is. So I'm starting from scratch, you guys, and you're starting with me. So I commend you for being the pioneers and the trailblazers on this spiritual journey. Okay. All right. Well, if you've been with me for some time, um, you know that, you know, I talk about higher self all the time. Um, higher self is a very, a fairly well-known um, concept in spiritual circles, right? So your higher self is essentially your oversoul uh, or the highest aspect of your own consciousness, right? Your individual consciousness, not the collective consciousness of you. Your higher self exists in a world outside of the matrix. Um, so it, outside of the virtual reality that we all incarnate in, right? And it encompasses and incorporates every single facet that you are. It holds the keys to all of the experiences that you've ever had 
as a soul. It remembers every single incarnation that you've ever had. And your higher self is the closest aspect of you to source consciousness, right? So it is your most high vibrational state. And the reason it is called an oversoul also is because it is an amalgamation. It is a combination of all the different streams of you, all the different projections of you. So when you go ahead and incarnate or when your higher self decides to incarnate, it projects forth a portion of its energy. It's almost like splitting a hair, right? If you had a full, you know, head of hairs, um, your higher self is not going to send the entirety of itself into an incarnation. It would kind of split the hairs with an intention and send them into the matrix. Um, yes, there's a world outside of the matrix. In fact, arguably, that is a more quote unquote real world. Um, that is the world that has a lot more continuity, for instance, in the matrix. Um, and yeah, so that's that. Um, I think, again, um, this is not the episode about the higher self. So if you require a little bit more background on that, um, go ahead and listen to some of my earlier episodes. Um, where things get um, interesting is the middle self. The middle self is probably the hardest concept to explain. So why don't I get the lower self out of the way first? That way you are on the same page with me, guys. So the lower self is the terminology that I personally like to use. Um, the lower self is essentially you here incarnated in this time-space reality. Um, the lower self is an individual consciousness, right, that is going through an incarnation. And the only reason we're calling it lower is because it is lower in terms of awareness and consciousness compared to the non-incarnated oversoul or your higher aspect, right? And again, we're just, you know, talking about relationships here. And relationally, right, you are the lower aspect. That's why sometimes when, you know, uh, when you listen to my podcasts, I call this dimension downstairs and I call the dimension of your higher self upstairs, right? Again, to signify the same exact high-low concept. Now, where this gets interesting is what's in the middle. And that is the part that is a pretty large gap in understanding on this planet. This is not something that most of you are familiar with. And even if you are, it's not what it has been referenced as or it's not what it has been called as. And because of that, I think um, certain people, even who are aware of the concept um, that I would describe as middle self, uh, they're not fully understanding of where that belongs within the hierarchy of things. And that's why that aspect is quite confusing. In order for me to explain what your middle self is, we're going to have to take a, a quick deep dive into the two major ways that you can incarnate on planet Earth. So one way, and the way that we have been discussing up until now, and a very plausible way, is that your higher self, the part of you, that is the all-knowing part of you, or as all-knowing as you get, um, very often your higher self chooses to project its stream of consciousness straight into a human body here on planet Earth. 
It is a very, very likely outcome, right? And, you know, it, it happens all the time. However, this is not the only way that you can be incarnated here. Another way is to use a middleman. Middleman is one way to describe it. And again, I'm going to be using some terminology to try to bring it home for you guys. Because this can get pretty dense very quickly. So very often, your higher self, and and that, let me rewind. There are so many dimensions. Now, I know there's 12, supposedly. Uh, There's actually way more. There's an infinite number of dimensions in the universe. They will, you know, on this planet, it is, um, quote unquote, believed that 12 is is the, the, the correct number of dimensions. I can agree with that state of reality. You know, I can kind of play along. Um, For me, though, to consider this statement true, to say that there are only 12 dimensions within the universe, I have to consider the 12th dimension being infinity. So what you need to understand is that there is an infinity of dimensions that separates you from your higher self. That's how high that aspect is. Because of that, it is actually hard for you, hard to impossible for you to understand what your higher self is fully. And that is why when your higher self is talking to you, communicating to you, it has to dumb a lot of things down, right? Uh, For any of us, just because, you know, we're even, we're constrained by so many different factors here on planet Earth, language being one, right? Uh, The lack of telepathy being another, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, density uh, of energies is the third. Like there's a, there are a lot of constraints here on planet Earth. So when your higher self is communicating to you, it has to reduce the fullness of its communication and make it flat a little bit. Otherwise, there's no way you're even getting it, or you're you're even going to be able to trans like um translate it, absorb it, understand it. So there are a lot a lot of layers between you and your higher self. As such. While your higher self is one of your main teachers, you know, while your higher self is one of your main spirit guides and is an aspect that literally 100% of you should connect to, at times it is hard for humans to find common ground with their higher self because, again, the gap between you and that other aspect of you is quite large. Um... Knowing that, and of course your higher self knows that, right? Because your higher self is infinitely wise. So knowing that your higher self very often create, like very often your higher self would choose to use another aspect of itself to incarnate into lower dimensional worlds. So how this works is this. Your higher self would say, okay, I know I want to go into the Milky Way galaxy. I know that the Milky Way galaxy is resonating with me on many levels. I know that the lessons that I want to learn are very consistent with the lessons that the Milky Way galaxy is going to go through in the next, let's say, 10,000 years. And so your higher self decides that it's going to send a major chunk of its energy up to a fifth, actually, of its stream 
Although I don't want you to get stuck on the numbers here because the numbers is not is not what's important. I'm literally and I'm actually using them to illustrate my point because this is dense info we're going into. And I'm trying to use as much, you know, meat, so to say, um, so you guys can understand. So your higher self may say, fine, you know, the Milky Way galaxy is it or whatever other galaxy it doesn't really matter. But it's generally happening on the galactic level. And I'm willing to contribute a fifth of my energy for a long-term mission. And I'm going to send it into a higher, you know, dimensional being. Um, higher dimensional in this particular case would often be seven and above. But there are exceptions to every rule. It can be five and above. Um, with the intention, right? And this is where things get interesting. So your higher self would give a big chunk of its energy to another being that, you know, would be incarnated in the matrix in the Milky Way galaxy with the intention that that being could further split itself into other aspects. And it's almost like a dream within a dream, an incarnation within an incarnation. And that aspect is middle self. The middle self is the middleman. It's the in-between. It's not as high as your higher self, and it's definitely not as low as you are here. But it's a being that's generally speaking, and again, I hate overgeneralizations, but you need it in order to understand. For a lot of you, the middle self is going to be a being of a seventh or ninth dimensional frequency, seventh, eighth, ninth. Um, that is also you, right? That is obviously more higher frequency and has like a higher vantage point that you do. But that being is not outside of the matrix the way that your higher self is. That being is going through an incarnation currently the way that you are. I've totally blown some of, some of your guys' minds and you're like, what is she talking about? How, how is this even possible? Okay, I'm going to start giving you even more examples. Um, before we get into you know, the nitty gritty about the middle self and how to work with it, because that is my intention. You know, my intention for you is to understand how you can benefit from, from this info. This is not supposed to be just like a theoretical session, obviously. Uh, but we're not there yet. So let's, I mean, I, I like using the Milky Way as an example. Um, when your higher self sends a big chunk of its energy, like, up to a fifth. That is a big, 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 big chunk, you guys. Because, you know, just in order of magnitude, um, a lot of beings incarnated here take one ten thousandth of their higher self energy, you know. So when your higher self gives like one fifth or 20% of its energy, that is a big chunk, you guys, right? And that energy goes into a being that lives in the seventh, you know, or ninth dimensional frequency, somewhere in the Milky Way galaxy. Um, one of the major star systems. It could be the Pleiades. It could be Sirius. Um, you know, it could be others. Um, very often, when, um, when that happens, like I said, your higher self wants your middle self to actually help co-create reality and help develop its own plan of attack. The reason that is done from the higher self perspective is because the higher self understands that it is so removed 
from certain worlds within the matrix that it is not even able to assess what's needed properly or to plan things properly for low dimensional frequencies. Specifically, third and fifth dimensional worlds are extremely hard to plan from the higher higher um, self perspective just because things that seem very easy from upstairs from your higher self standpoint may be really, really hard here, right? And so using the middleman actually makes a lot of sense. Another benefit to using a middleman like a middle self is that you can plan long-term missions. Higher dimensional beings tend to live longer. Because of that, they tend to be able to accomplish more things. And not all of them have to go through the veil of forgetfulness that we do here in lower dimensional worlds. And that is a great benefit, you guys, if you're working on a long-term project. So very often, the higher self would create this offshoot of itself, having a very ambitious goal in mind. For instance, I don't know, go to the Milky Way galaxy and learn everything you can about love in that galaxy. That could be a mission that your higher self gives to your middle self. And so the middle self goes on its merry way. It lands here. Now, because it's still extremely high vibrational, I mean, seventh dimension is high vibrational, it maintains a big chunk of its memories and it maintains a working connection with your higher self right? So your middle self actually has a really, really easy way connecting to your higher self. They are on speed dial. And it's telepathic communication all the way because there is telepathic communication actually dimension six and up for most uh, for most planets and most species with some exception. Um, But it's uh, telepathic communication is the norm. Uh, What happens here on planet Earth is not just saying. So your middle self gets into the Milky Way galaxy, incarnates into the Milky Way galaxy. It has its marching orders and it has certain things pre-planned, but it also has a carte blanche around how it wants to accomplish this mission, right? For example, learn everything you can about love. And so the middle self over here gets to work. On the one hand, it's going through an incarnation experience within the matrix, right? So it's going to have its own you know, set of beliefs and, you know, everything, everything, aspirations, values, you know, emotions, all of it, all the good stuff. At the same time, it starts working on a macro plan. That macro plan is generally a network or a patchwork of different incarnations that it plans. And it's generally a long-term game, meaning it may plan up to a thousand different incarnations that are all interconnected within a web or a network. Those, all of those incarnations would be under the umbrella that the higher self designed. In this particular instance, it's learning love. However, it would be up to the middle self to decide how it wants to go about doing it. For example, it may say, fine, I want to first learn self-love. Right. And again, I'm just giving you an example. And I want to spend 20 incarnations learning self-love. And I want to spend, of these 20 incarnations, I want to spend some in 7D. I want to spend some in 5D. I want to spend some in 3D. When your middle self plans these incarnations, it cannot go up in terms of dimensions. It can only stay in the same dimension or go down, if that makes sense. Because everything requires an access code. And the only access code you have is kind of like going down and not up. 
and the same the same is true for um, your middle self as well. So it would say, okay, fine. I, I have a cluster of incarnations here that are all going to be about learning self-love. And then it plants each of these 20 incarnations. Then it says, fine, um, I want to have 30 incarnations where I experience the lack of love, for instance, or heartbreak or betrayal, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so it would plant all of these different clusters, learning love through, you know, parental love, uh, learning um you know, the love being like somebody's child or like the lack of love, um, learning romantic love, learning, you know, cosmic love, all of it, right? So it would plan all these little clusters of incarnations. And so in this particular case, you know, your middle self would be acting essentially in place of your higher self, if that makes sense. Okay. The reason, the reason this is interesting, and the reason we're even talking about this, well, actually, first things first, does a hundred, you know, does everybody have a middle self? The answer is no, no. There are some souls that only have their higher self at the moment, right? And then there are some souls that are going and that are here through a middleman. Sorry, the question that I'm getting from the collective, and I have to stop when, you know, when the question is so um, loud. This particular one is very loud. The question is, okay, so if my middle self has planned this incarnation from another incarnation, how does this work? <laughs> I love this question. And I, you know, starting this, I fully realized that it's going to be a dense episode, you guys. So thank you for bearing with me. I'll, I'll explain. Very often, well, for, okay, one thing you need to understand is higher dimensional beings, extraterrestrials essentially, right? Um, higher dimensional extraterrestrials have access to technology as well as the understanding of how energy works and how magic works that is so above and beyond what humanity has today that it would be even hard for you to try to comprehend the level. And so whereas for us, even time travel over here sounds extremely hard and far-fetched, for your middle self or for somebody who is dimension seven and up, time travel is, is like, I don't know, it's like you texting somebody. It's like so mundane. It's very easy for them. Another thing that's very easy for them is being able to split their consciousness into multiple streams and incarnate, so to say. Now, when they do that, there are special gadgets um, that enable to do that. And it is a technology that exists all around the Milky Way galaxy. It is something that is extremely prevalent. This is something that is extremely widespread. Um. What I'm going to say now is going to start triggering some memories and some codes for some of you. So if you are if you are the soul that has middle self, just consider yourself warned, right? Consider yourself warned. Um, the technology that is very often used is a capsule. The capsules that are being used to split one's consciousness are very often transparent and they look like sarcophagi 
So Egyptian sarcophagus, a sarcophagi, right, um, are like a proxy for that. They are, ex they were exactly that, right? They were a memory of, of, of this other technology that is an extraterrestrial technology. The reason being is Egypt, you guys, is a civilization that was built by extraterrestrials very much. You know, all the Egyptian gods, the pantheon, those were all extraterrestrials. Those were not gods. I mean, they were called gods, but they were not gods by any stretch of imagination. Now, of course, the Egyptian civilization was also built by, uh, you know, the priesthood of Atlantis, but that's another story. Um, okay, uh, that was a tangent. So the technology that is used in order for your middle self to project itself into a human body here on planet Earth is essentially they go into um, a hiatus, like a, a dormant state of sorts, of sorts. Um, and, you know, so essentially um, they would place their body, uh, whatever their, the physical side or like the light side, whatever their body looks like, actually it doesn't really matter because it could be, you know, physical, you know, a set of light bodies. It could be um, a plasmoid, even doesn't really matter. And so they place it inside of the, um, like a transparent sarcophagus that um, essentially is also the device that enables them to split their consciousness. And essentially, it's like going to sleep. It's not very much different. In the same way that you guys are going to sleep at night, right? And then essentially you have dreams and you see dreams. And the process of you seeing dreams is essentially your soul is walking. You know, walking around and, you know, minding its own business as your physical body is resting, right? So your soul um, is detached, in that process, like as you're sleeping, it's detaching from your physical body and, you know, essentially astral travels. So it's not a fundamentally different process that these beings are undergoing. Um, they generally, you know, get their, their bodies into a capsule and then they can split their consciousness in you know every which way. They can create multiple streams all at the same time. They generally fall asleep for a predetermined time those capsules are either kept statically somewhere on you know a planet in the milky way galaxy or another galaxy even a neighboring galaxy or which is more actually more often those capsules are kept on extraterrestrial ships right so you know um the ufos i guess what, what you would refer to as the ufos so uh or spacecrafts so um yeah you have quite a number of spacecrafts, actually. Um, dozens of spacecrafts right now that are parked in the vicinity of planet Earth that are filled with these glass capsules and with these glass sarcophagi. Um, all, you know, projecting, all of the beings that are on, on, on those spacecrafts are projecting their consciousness into human bodies. That's what's happening. Um, extremely, this is extremely prevalent at this point in time in the history of the planet Earth. Reason being is humanity is going through a challenging time while Gaia is going through ascension, right? So a lot is happening. This is the, the time of a happening. And I, I may have said it a time or a dozen. Um, and so a lot of extraterrestrials showed up to planet Earth at this time and have adopted human bodies. And a lot of them have showed up on these ships and they're projecting their consciousness 
um, you know, into um, human bodies via, you know, this process that I just described. So essentially, they are in a state of in a dormant state um, in, in, in the sarcophagi. Now, when, when they are in a dormant state, um, it is, you know, their um, vital functions actually go way down. So essentially, it looks like, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it may look like they're dead because they're not, you know, very often they're not breathing. Uh, very often they're not, I mean, obviously they're, they're not eating or if they are. You know, it's, um, you know, the, it's energy that it's feeding their body, not anything else, right? Uh, now, of course, this is a, f- um, a form of staying alive. It's just all the vitals are so slow and slow, s- intentionally slowed down. Um, and the way that that is achieved is actually via certain chemicals that are being injected um, into their uh, streams, into their bodies from inside the capsule. Um, at, at the process of the splitting, at the time of the splitting. Um, yeah, so essentially they're seeing the dreams and, you know, you, you, you know, some of you may be the dream that they're seeing. So that's the how. <laughs> I don't know, again, um, let, let me see um, on the collective level. No, I'm, I'm seeing some collective nods, although I'm seeing um, a lot more of you are kind of like <laughs> not saying much, just standing, uh, looking at me weird. Um, that's fine, you guys. I know this is a strange episode, but listen. Um, we're getting progressively cozy with one another and I feel like you're ready for this type of information. So you're receiving it, not to mention that you guys have voted in on Instagram. And when you guys, uh, you know, collectively are voting on something, your higher selves and middle selves that are helping guide this experience, they know what you're in for. Like, even if you don't know what you're in for, they know what you're in for. So when you're pressing that button of saying, hey, I'm, I'm voting on this topic to be discussed, you know, you can you're signing up for this for these kinds of conversations all right um why do i love middle selves so many reasons you guys so if if the middle self right just projected itself onto you or like you know projected itself as you on planet earth this is great news you guys because that means that it is extremely close to you and like i said enough of them are parked literally in the vicinity of the planet earth their the spacecrafts are parked and so it's kind of like they're really right here so if you were to call up your higher self it would feel like their voice is like coming from a land far far away if you were to call up your middle self they're right here. It's like literally they're next door to you. That is a benefit, you guys, because you will get the level of guidance that's almost as good or just as good in many cases, if not better than your higher self. Um, why can it be better? Many reasons. Remember, your middle self is currently incarnated inside of the Milky Way galaxy. Yes, they may be high vibrational, but they share a world with you. Whereas your higher self is, you know, may be incarnated in six different parallel universes, right? And, I don't know, 62 different uh, galaxies, right? So your higher self is like pretty far away from you and also has to manage a lot. So its attention span is not unlimited. Whereas your middle self, I guarantee you, is focused on the Milky Way galaxy. And not only that, but... It made you for a reason, right? That means that you currently, whatever you're going through, fits into its plan, your middle self's plan. That means 
that if you were to establish a connection with your middle self, you could learn everything about that plan and the why behind you're here in so much detail. And it's going to make a lot of sense. Again, it's also easier to connect with your middle self for those of you that have the middle self. And another thing that is a great benefit is this. Very often when you have spirit guides, whatever those spirit guides are, um, they can pass on, you know, some emotional support and they can pass on some information. But it is a lot harder for them to pass on particular skills to you. Because again, those, those beings are very far removed and the skills that they have over there and the skills that you need over here are very different skills. The middle self is very different. The middle self may have skills right now that are extremely, extremely relevant to you. I don't know. For example, they can, um, they, they can know magic plain and simple. So when you start working with your middle self, and that's just one example, they can they can learn so many other cool things. When you start working with your middle self, that becomes available to you. Very often you would notice that your type of relationship, the relationship that you have with your middle self is like the best guru you could possibly ask for. Because not only can they talk you through things and teach you things, they can also pass on vibrations and energy codes and like whole chunks of knowing to you and skills that are extremely relevant to your current life. So in other words, they're a lot, their powers are a lot more relevant. And because you're, you know, your middle self is essentially you only better, <laughs> you know, you only like with a higher vantage point, um, they can also pass on some of their skills straight into you or some of their abilities straight into you. For instance, if your middle self is great at working with crystals or crystalline grids, grids, you know, over, you know, you may connect with them and over a span of just two to three sessions, you may get the same skill set, which is really awesome and really hard to come by. It is one of those things where learning can be extremely accelerated. And another thing, right, what that enables for you is an even better connection with your higher self too. Because there are a slew of practices that you can do that bring the three of you together. And by the three of you, I mean your lower, your middle, and your higher self. Your practices can be amplified. Your power can be amplified. The, um, you know, the, your access to Akashic records can be amplified because it's always easier to um, accomplish things um, when the connection is strong, right? So uh, again, remember how I said your middle self and your higher self always have a strong connection? The same is true about your lower self and your middle self. So now you have this like chain with multiple links or with two links, right? And each of the links is strong, right? Now, if you went up to your higher self, you may have a strong connection with your higher self or you may have a weak connection, right? But with your middle self, very often you'd have a very strong connection for multiple reasons. Um, a, because proximity, right? They're a lot closer here. And B, your middle self is really interested in curating you at this point in time because it has a plan and it is extremely anxious to work on, you know, the galactic level within the Milky Way. Um, and so whatever you do here really matters to the Milky Way. Remember the butterfly effect, right? 
whatever you do here really matters for the entire Milky Way galaxy. So it'll probably be extremely interested in helping you out. All right. I know this was a lot. <laughs> um, I feel like you guys should start asking me questions. So I'm going to take a couple of questions from the collective. Anything that was confusing or anything you wanted to know around the topic of middle self, higher self, you know, lower self, any of that. Okay, I'm ready to receive the question as long as it serves the collective. Okay, the question is, how do I know if I have a middle self? And, um, you know, because you mentioned that every person has them. Okay. A couple of things. Um, if you, if you identify as a star seed, and I've never done an episode on a star seed, on star seeds in general, and it is just such dense information, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to go there in the future. If you identify as a star seed, the chances that you have a middle self are extremely high. Why? Well, um, obviously your higher self does not identify as a star seed. Duh. Your higher self identifies as energy, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, you can only identify as a star seed if a big chunk of your incarnations that you remember, that you have a memory of, even subconsciously, happened in, you know, um, somewhere um, on another planet that's not planet Earth. Very often, right, because obviously we go here, we go through the veil of forgetfulness. Um, very often, you know, um, unless you um, have a middle self, it's going to be very hard for you to access those memories of being incarnated on other planets. And enough of you that have done past life regressions know that because when you do past life regressions, very often it would send you to a past life on planet Earth and not on Mars and not on Venus and certainly not on Andromeda galaxy. Why is that? It's because, and I may have mentioned that during my episode on the Akashic Records, is because the Akashic Records rearrange themselves in order to be most helpful to you at any point in time. And it is just believed, right? Um, and it basically it rearranges itself based on relevance, and the incarnations that are considered relevant to you at this point in time are the ones that are on the planet that you're currently incarnated at or on. Apart from an instance where you are actually a projection of a middle self. And that would make 100% of the incarnations of that middle self relevant to you. So when the Akashic records rearrange themselves around you, you would have all these lives on, you know, other planets in your grasp, within your reach. And those are the people that tend to identify as starseeds because these are the people that kind of have memories of not being from here and, you know, Earth doesn't feel like home and they're maybe a little bit on the stranger side and, you know, they're either leaders or outcasts or just weirdos. And, you know, you know we could talk about starseeds forever. But um, if you believe you're a star seed, very it's very likely that you have a middle self. But, you know, and again, unfortunately, there is no rule of thumb. Unfortunately, to truly know if you have a middle self or not, 
you're going to have to try to meet your middle self. Um, there is not one way of trying to do that in the same way that there is not one way to connect with your higher self. I'll offer you a couple of suggestions. Um, the first thing you should try is to imagine that you are in a, so you want to get into a meditative state and you want to imagine that you're walking along a corridor and it is a corridor on a spacecraft. Um, and you're just walking along the corridor, you know, paying attention to the lights and how the air feels on your skin and anything else that may feel different. And then I would want you to open the door. Now, the corridor is lined with doors to the left, to the right. Um, I want you to uh, pay attention to what is the one door that lights up alongside those uh, the corridor. You know, there would be there's going to be one door that lights up for you. And so you want to enter that door, open that door and enter. Uh, what you're going to see is a number of this glass sarcophagi, this glass capsules, if you will, that are arranged in a particular pattern because more often than not on these spacecrafts, there are many beings per each chamber, per each room, with very few exceptions. Now, there are some very rare solitary rooms, but more often than like you can you can have, you know, at the minimum dozens and at the maximum, you know, the biggest rooms can contain... 50,000 uh, of those capsules. Quite a lot, actually. So you want to walk around and, you know, allow your body to carry you to a capsule that feels familiar to you. Now, if you're walking around and nothing rings the bell, that probably means that either this is not the right room so try walking back into the hallway and seeing if another door lights up for you. Or you're not, you know, your body is not on a spacecraft right now. Um, and that it probably means that you're, you know, you don't have a middle self. But we're going to do one quick check after that. Let me just finish this meditation and we're going to get back to you. Um, now, um, if you're still walking around, come up to... Um, a capsule that, you know, there's going to be one capsule that's going to just draw you in. Just allow yourself to be drawn into that capsule, almost like uh, via magnetic force. You don't know that, but you are connected to your middle self via a cord of light. And that cord of light, there's always a tug and a pull. And so if you just allow your cord of light to kind of lead you, it'll lead you to the right um, sarcophagi. It'll lead you to sarcophagus, um, to the right capsule. And then you may want to actually observe a body that is in the capsule. Um, there's going to be a dormant body right in there. And you may observe, um, you know, what type of body that is. It is it a humanoid, you know, is it, um, you know, what does it look like? It could be essentially anything, any extraterrestrial race. Um, yeah. So if you see a body in there and you know that that is you, then 
you know that essentially that being that is in the capsule that you're seeing is dreaming of you right now. And you're the projection of that being. The moment you establish this connection, you already have a connection with your middle self. From there, you know, from there, you can just um, go into another room. There is like a meeting room, actually, on, on these spacecrafts. There's always a meeting room. Um, it's like a simple room with, um, you know, very often just, um, you know, very minimal furniture, if any. So you want to go to the meeting room and, you know, your um, middle self is going to come and meet you. And that's when you can have, you know, can have a conversation and, you know, ask your middle self anything. It doesn't mean that your middle self, you know, just woke up from the slumber, but there is a way for you to communicate anyhow. And sometimes they do wake up, by the way. It depends. It depends on, on what the mission is and, you know, um, a bunch of different factors. Um, for those of you that were not able to locate your body on a spacecraft, that is totally fine. You would want to imagine yourself walking down the corridor on, you know, it, it, it's not going to be a spacecraft, but it's going to be um, essentially on, you know, a lot of the major planets in the Milky Way galaxy that are high dimensional. You're going to have these, um, you know, they're called like sleep towns or, you know, sleeping towns or like slipping cities for all of those um, beings that are currently undergoing like an experience like this. It's extremely common. And so you want to imagine, right, that you're being dropped, that the universe is dropping you into one of these slipping cities. And you don't need to know what planet is on, like that. don't concern yourself with that. Just allow the universe to drop you into a particular town uh, or city. And it really, like, once you, you get dropped into that, it's just a row of, of these capsules. Um, and they're, um, they're generally stacked. So they're going to be, it's kind of like far and wide and also up and down. Kind of feels like the movie The Matrix, only not like in, you know, what, what Neo saw. It was like, like a row of capsules, but they were like red and kind of like ugly looking or scary looking. That's not what it is at all. It's actually a very serene like a crystalline type of feel to these cities. They're called the white cities very often um, because the crystals are transparent or, you know, white. And um, very often, you know, the liquids, um, sometimes your body would be flowing into a liquid and it's not fully white, it's like transparent. But um, um, the capsules are very often glowing and, and it's actually a very beautiful, uh, beautiful place to be. And so you may, um, you would... Um, essentially will to go into the right level and um these capsules are again they're stacked they have layers so it's it's almost like floors right and you would you know allow the universe to take you to the correct floor there are also guardians in there and um you know beings that keepers essentially uh that make sure that the cities are properly maintained so you may choose to meet a keeper and ask the keepers to take you to the right cell and they would take you to the right place and again if you see a body there um then then you have a middle self and congratulations um yeah um that's one way you know and this is almost like a, a way to use the physicality of this experience um, and a way to use your the cord that is connecting you and your middle self to each other to find your middle self. Another way is actually potentially even simpler. 
right? For some, not for others, it depends, right? Um, if the first one didn't work, you can always use the second one. The second one is, um, so is this. Your middle self always has a space that it creates as it goes into this dormant phase or, you know, dormant period of incarnating and splitting. Um, it has a space that it designates as a meeting place, um, it is a space that is essentially energetic in nature, right? It is not a physical place. Um, and you can go there in your light body, right? So in the meditation state, you would just ask, you know, you would walk through a portal. Uh, the portal actually looks like a spiral. So imagine um, there was a spiral in the air in front of you. And that spiral started rotating clockwise and it started to rotate very very quickly when the spiral rotates very very quickly it creates an orb around it and that orb is a portal and so you would want to step through that portal and the portal is going to take you straight to the meeting place um, the meeting place is actually unique to every single soul um, it may look completely white um, just like white space um, it may look like a landscape. It may look like a room in a library or something, right? It's actually really up to the middle self to make it pretty or choose not to, right? And so you're going to get into the meeting room and, right, um, you're just going to wait a couple of seconds in there and your middle self is going to show up. And, you know, um, that is where you can have a conversation around, you know, what it is, you know, what, what race it is, where it's incarnated. It can tell you everything and anything about itself. Uh, very often you would know what star system it belongs to, et cetera, et cetera. It's pretty cool stuff. And what I find to be really interesting for you to ask um, is, you know, ask what, you know, what your middle self's mission is. You know, ask what game it is playing, so to say. And how you fit into the bigger picture. Understanding how you fit into the bigger picture could be really, really critical. Um, and you may even ask, because remember, your middle self is the one that planned this incarnation. So you may ask why it gave you certain skills, why it didn't give you others, what its intention for you was, etc., etc., right? But again, it is really interesting to understand how you fit into the bigger picture uh, of that particular being. Because again, remember how I told you that they're building like little clusters of lives? Understanding which cluster you belong to could be eye-opening for you guys. Another cool thing about having a middle self is hardly ever um, do middle selves just incarnate by themselves. They often incarnate as a team. In other words, there is like a bunch of extraterrestrials all united by the same drive and the same goal in mind. So that those tend to be collective missions. Another interesting part could be you know, asking your middle self, who are your allies that are currently incarnated, um, that are on the same mission or trying to learn the same lesson. And you may even get pointers about people in your life that are parked on the same spacecraft with you. And, you know, you may even share an experience with them on another planet, etc. So it's some pretty fascinating stuff. All right, going back to the questions, I wanted to see if the collective had another question around what we just discussed. The question is, 
Um, how do I know that whoever I met is my middle self and I'm not making it up? And the second question from the same being is, what if I don't have my middle self? Is that a bad thing, essentially? Let me answer the second one first. It's not a bad thing, right? Whatever you are is perfect. Whether you have a middle self or not is fine. You know, if you don't, you know, the middle self comes with the perks that I just described. If you don't have one, don't despair. You know, your higher self has still got you. Your higher self is, you know, the boss anyhow. And if it didn't give you the middle self, it's because there is a plan for you anyhow. And there is a plan for your life. So don't you worry. And you would just, you know, use this episode if you don't have the middle self as an FYI. And you're going to move on to straight up to your higher self and, you know, use that aspect of yourself and of your being as a spirit guide. So that is if you don't have one. The first question is, how do I know that whoever I'm meeting is the one? Well, I will say this, right? Um, If you're asking this question, it tells me that you are somewhat new, right, to perhaps meditation in general and to getting guidance from, you know, um, in in non-verbal, kind of like non-physical ways, right? The more you go down the path of meditating, you know, um, awakening and opening up your senses and, you know, growing your ability for, you know, uh, all the clairs, the clairvoyance, claircognizance, all of those, like the more you work on those and opening those up, you're going to, you're going to stop having questions like, how can I trust what I'm seeing? Because this is a very common question for somebody who has maybe been on the path you know, who's just starting up, uh, over whom this is like true new, right? Because over time, you develop a true understanding of how, you know, your personal intuition feels like as opposed to your spirit guides. And that is a very distinct thing, right? Um, You're also going to um, develop a knowing of like, what is the guidance you can trust and understanding, right? Which guides you can trust and which guides you cannot trust or which guidance, right? So it it comes that that level of discernment comes with time, right? So I guess my advice to you would be just keep going, keep learning, always record whatever messages come through, and you would become a better at recording. And B, you can always clear up any inconsistencies. But the most important thing is to allow yourself to receive. Um, trust me, um, it is very hard to have. The, mag- the imagination so active that you can just randomly come up with a middle self and that middle self is going to feel like a particular being that is a unique being and is going to have all the knowing about a particular race etc etc like I mean how often do these things happen like never so I my advice would be trust your guidance anytime you start doubting actually what you're seeing um, unless you have good reason to and you know we can talk about what that is Every time you start doubting, you're actually cutting away your flow. And what ends up happening is it's going to get in the way of you getting um, reliable information, right? So very often you yourself are the impediment, right? So get out of your own way. Um, However, however, right? For some of you, and that is actually a legitimate concern, um, 
like with any type of communication, right? Communication with your spirit guides is a channel. As such, you know, as a frequency, it can be intercepted. And that is a legitimate concern. So if you're worried, right? And, and um, enough of you that have been, you know, talking and communicating with spirit guides know this, that sometimes something feels off about the connection. Either the advice you're getting is funky or funny, uh, or something else just doesn't feel right, you know, or the, you know, it, maybe the voices don't feel correct. That uh, happens because interceptions happen. Um, so, um, you know, if you're meeting your higher, higher self, actually, or middle self, doesn't really matter, any of those. Um, protections, you can start, uh, you know, you can set protections. That can be very, very helpful. My favorite protection in terms of protecting the connection is using a pyramid of light. I like to layer things, right? So you would want to do three pyramids of light around your body, one over another, over another. You, uh, the best ones for protection are color blue. Um, color gold is really good for protection. Color white is really good for protection. Um, you can also use a violet if you want. Those are really, really amazing colors. So you would want to imagine that those pyramids of light are um, located around your body, essentially covering your whole body. Uh, and you want you you know you, you kind of want to maybe make them a little bit bigger as well, so they can cover um, some chunk of your channel as well, right? So that is really really good protection, the pyramid. And then sometimes if the information is coming through, but you don't trust it, you may ask one of your main spirit guides to confirm that what you're hearing is of the source that has your best interest in mind. And, you know, sometimes the answer would be yes, and sometimes the answer would be no. And if the answer is no, feel free to break the connection and essentially do the reverse energy exchange, right? So if you catch, you know, essentially an interception, you would want to first cut the cord with that connection. And you would want to give back the energy that you received during that transmission and take back your energy. And, you know, this is a free will-based universe. You know, if you're calling your energy back, it must come back to you, right? So just call it back, um, you know, order it back almost, right? And, you know, of course, you would want to also give back the energy that was given to you, right? Because it's, otherwise it would be unfair. You cannot hold somebody else's energy hostage when you're taking your own back, right? So protect yourself. Um, always make sure that there is a spirit guide that you trust that you could refer to uh, a quick example of that could be an angel that you work with or an archangel somebody that truly you know represents light especially if there's an archangel that you trust or you know it could be um another spirit guide again don't want to limit you right um and you can use them to be the litmus test for you if you're unsure that the information that is coming from is true or not true I hope this was helpful. Um, let's see. Um, do we have another question from the collective around what has been discussed? I'm ready to receive it as long as it serves the collective. Um, the question is, what are some of the main ways of working with your middle self? 
I'll tell you this. If you establish the connection with your middle self, the middle self is going to have an open access to you. And you may notice, which actually happens all the time with people, that they start taking over a big chunk of your meditations. So if that connection is established and it's true, very often your middle self is going to want to start taking over and like not necessarily bossing you around but they like I said they have plans for you and in this particular case you kind of just get out of the way very often they would come in exactly when they need to come in and give you specific instructions on what you need to do if that doesn't happen then you just whenever you want you know whenever you have questions or you just don't know what to do go back to the meeting place in a meditative state that is where you're going to meet your middle self. Your middle self always knows what's next. Your middle self always knows what's coming through the pike for you. So very often it may choose to do an energy cleanse on you. It may choose to, you know, do some practices uh, with you or it'll, it'll may, it, you know, it may give you certain pointers, right? So it is extremely wise and it is always there to guide you. But like I said, naturally, you would feel that they tend to show up. They're going to start showing up in a lot of your meditations, whether you ask them to come or you don't. And, and that is actually a big blessing, right? So they would make themselves known. Um, very often, um, they, um, they're also going to spur the remembrance of certain um, people, memories, events. You know, you may want to, you know, you may want to do more past life regression, uh, but again, they're going to come with a lot of big picture stuff that's going to start making sense. So one of the best ways to work with them is ask as many questions as possible around the bigger picture and the why behind things. Um, and, you know, again, they hold the keys to all of your main past incarnations. So you may also use them as a portal into, you know, those uh, those lives. And uh, really, the more important part is how those lives are interconnected. Um, so that's how I would use uh, the, the middle self. But another way, you know, is because not every middle self is created equal. You should get to know yours and understand what's special about them. What's so cool about them? What race they are? You know, what's special about that race? What abilities does that race have? And then you can even ask them to teach you certain things right? Whatever that race has. And I, I think that, that that's how you should work with the middle self. All right. Is there another question? I have time for one more. The question is, what are some of the main planets that middle cells um, here um, come from, right? Like what are like all of those extraterrestrial ships that are parked where are they from um, most of them are from outside of um, the Milky Way um, although there are some um, sorry not the Milky Way sorry sorry I'm in the solar system uh, most of them are actually from inside the Milky Way um, all the you know common suspects um, that you would um, you would see you you have a bunch of um, I mean, both parks, uh, Campton here, um, you have a, a lot of um, Pleiadians, obviously, you have Orion, uh, you have Sirius, um, you have um, a lot of the reptilians on the other side of the spectrum, um, uh, some snake races, um, you have um, 
a lot of Arcturians as well. Um, but again, like um, it's it's really whatever the most common extraterrestrials that you've heard of. Um, and then there are some from neighboring galaxies as well. Um, like a lot of Andromedans as well. Um, all right. Well, I hope this was helpful. It kind of blew your minds. I know you guys, but I want to, uh, you know, I want to commend you for sticking through. And hey, it opens up a whole other rich territory for us to talk about. So, you know, if you have any, you know, questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram. I'm not always able to respond to all of the DMs, but I will be doing videos on YouTube um, that are Q&A format. And so if you wanted to learn more about extraterrestrials, we can talk about it there. Um, alrighty, well, I'm sending you all so much love and I will see you in the next episode. All right, bye. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please visit thisismaria.com for more insights and offerings from Maria and Sergey. It is T-H-I-S-I-S-M-A-R-I-Y-A.com. We hope to see you in future episodes.